Welcome forward now. You're listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable. I am your host, Lynn Richardson, here on KBLA Talk 1580. And we are creating millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time. And that means you. So I received a message from a family member that basically said to me, um, girl, you are the queen of hustle. Uh, because she <laughs> she saw a flyer or something for an event with my information on there about getting something. And, you know, one of the things that I learned uh, very quickly from Russell Simmons and many others, I mean, you, you see folks out there, is how to uh, create uh, things, services, products that the world wants and needs and how to monetize them. And in fact, one of my favorite um, classes that I teach at New Wealth University is passive income streams. Uh, so today here to talk to us about passive income streams in the entertainment industry uh, is my sister, our legend, your icon, MC Light. Welcome to the round table, MC Light. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So, so you've certainly made millions in entertainment um, over the decades. And um, I think it's one of the areas when I talk about passive income streams, I think people are always thinking about um, hard or, uh, I was, I should say real, um, opportunity. So real estate or a store or a franchise, but I don't think people really, really understand that there are so many other ways to use creativity, Mm -hmm. to use your mind. It's one of the things that, uh, our trademark attorney, Michelle Miller talks about all the time, how we come up with these witty inventions and these great ideas Mm -hmm. and no one owns the rights to them or we don't own the rights to them and someone else does. Mm -hmm. And then they take our ideas and monetize them. Um, so you started out in the industry writing, um, but earlier, uh, earlier on, you weren't necessarily you were writing your own rhymes. Were you getting paid for the publishing from from writing your own rhymes? And and how does that work today? Because we see so many cases where people they're famous, they're the ones singing the song, but they didn't write it, so they don't make the money from it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, funny you should ask about that because I was talking to a friend, and he was telling me a whole nother way that the system actually usurps the money and how it is that they present it as something else. But the question that you asked me... Um, okay, I wait, want... what is that system? Because you, oh. you can't just leave us oh, on that. Okay. What, what are they doing? Well, the system is, you know, as a producer, when you're out there making music, people start to hear of you. You know, just like in the church world, you start singing. People knew about Whitney long before she made it to the front of the stage because she had been singing at other churches. So all of that to say producers, when they start to produce tracks for people, they begin to make a name for themselves. And especially, you know, at the front of the track, you'll hear mustard on the beat or, you know. You, you know. I used to wonder, who is this in the background? <laughs> right. Did they just randomly say that? No. Of course, now in the industry, like I go back and listen to all the Mary Mary songs. Mm-hmm. We knew Mary Mar- Mary, Mary, but now Pastor Campbell, yeah. I'm hearing his voice all over the track. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so producers, they know that they ordinarily don't get a lot of shine or get a lot of notoriety for what it is that they do unless you're in the music business and you search for who who uh, intentionally is looking to know who produced this song, which by the way, the Grammy organization, which I was the president of the LA uh, recording chapter for quite some time, 
they made it their business earlier on in the days when they started these streaming services. They were concerned that people wouldn't get their just due with credits. And now purposefully, you can go when you're on Spotify or when you're on Tidal or any of these uh, streaming companies, you can look and see who wrote and produced the records. I have mm. time in this break to continue, mm. my sister. Okay, so what happened was this uh, publishing is a big part of the music industry. In fact, it is the most money to be made, but probably the least spoken about when artists are being turned on to music and wanting to become an artist. And and so is that intentional? Because it, it's the most money to be made, but nobody's talking about well, it. But the ones who are making the money know that it exists. But it's the behind the scenes. It's okay. the business part of the entertainment, which most artists aren't really consumed with. They want the shot, the, the spotlight. They want the shine and be in front of the cameras. And most of them you know, don't handle the business until they find out about the business. Well, that's because a lot of people think, I, I often say, let me put it this way. Most wealthy people aren't famous and most famous people aren't wealthy. Mm -hmm. And so we have people coming out into the industry. And I'm not even just saying the entertainment industry. I'm talking about just visibility, period, because the world is now so open. But people want to be known and people want to be seen. And they think that being seen and being known is where the money is. But I say often that, especially living in California and, and living particularly in Los Angeles, there's a whole lot of wealthy people that nobody knows their name. Mm -hmm. And they are far more numerous than the people who you do know their name. So I'm sorry, I keep on interrupting you. No, Get to your point. it's all good. It's <laughs> all good. So in any case, what I did find out is... When you're, you know, you're making these songs, you're getting your music out there as a producer, um, which by the way, producers, if they don't sample, they are destined to make 50% of the song without having to write a word. Okay. Because their contribution in terms of music is worth minimally 50%. Yeah. And so what I found out is that once you start to build up this name, you've got 10 songs, now you got 15 songs, 20 songs, you know, most people will tell you, wait, do not do a publishing deal at that point because you're still raising the stakes for what it is that they will offer you yeah. in terms of an advance. Yeah. And so, but at the same time that's happening, your songs are accruing mm -hmm. money because they're being played on the radio, they're being played in, on streaming services, they're being played in several areas and so in europe they're already putting your docket together with all of your money right so what happens is in the states you're unaware of that but publishing companies they are well aware of they're that. very aware so they already know what it is that you've accrued on the on uh, everywhere else and so they will in turn offer you an advance worth that amount of money. Wow. And and we're going to talk about these advances and how lucrative they are. Because I think people are really shocked to know that if you know how to make music, and we'll talk about that too, mm -hmm. um, what's possible, the harvest is here, the time is now. KBLA Talk 1580, we've got a lot to talk about. More of the Millionaire's Roundtable with Lynn Richardson when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580.
Welcome forward. Now, this is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time and one dime at a time. And that means you. We're talking about passive streams of income, not the regular kind that you often think about from the stock market or real estate and, you know, investing and franchises, but using your mind, your creativity. MC Light um, is here with us. MC Light. So people can make money off of publishing. Yeah. Publishing is simply writing a song Mm -hmm. and and writing the music, owning Owning the song, Uh owning the song, Mm -hmm. creating the beat. Mm -hmm. So creating the beat is a part of writing the song. Creating the beat and creating the lyrics. So creating the music that goes with the song and creating the lyrics. Those people, in fact, should own the song. Correct. But I'm going to, because this comes back to your original question. Mm -hmm. But we're going to stay on the track we were. And that is when you haven't gotten a publishing deal yet, all of your money is accruing. Yeah. People are watching. Publishing companies are watching. Yeah. And then also in Europe and in Asia and all of these other countries, all these other territories, the money is accruing. So when a publishing company in the United States comes to a young producer who has done all these tracks and says, we want to offer you a half a million dollars. It is with the intention of you paying that half a million dollars back. So now you got to go out there and hustle up. You know, you have to do a certain amount of songs. You got to own a certain amount of the songs out there to get that money back into the system. When in fact, you've already made the money because the money is overseas. Wow. So when you do the publishing deal, it gives them the right to cr- to collect monies wherever they are in your name. Wow. So they've already, so they already see the money. Girl, they act like they've given you half a million out of their bank account. Right, but, but they, they already were, got the money. They already Girl, went and back. collected the money from somewhere else, and now they're lending the money to you. So now wow. you got to go work. To go. It's something else, girl. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a mess. But, you know, it is what how the industry was built. So many people just accept it. So when I say you as a producer, you as a writer should own the song because you did all the work, that's not always how it goes. And this goes back to your first question when you asked me when I first came into this business, did I own my publishing? Yes, I owned a portion of my publishing, but so did somebody else. Yeah. So usually it's, you know, 50% of the publishing has been the standard for many years as to what a record executive would want. And this is why everybody was up in arms with Puffy. And still the same reason why some people may not even show up to the bad boy reunion or the festival is because he took 50% of everybody's publishing that was on his label. But the record label I signed to did the same thing. It is one of those, you know, dare I say mafia moves where it's like, this is what we're gonna do. We deserve, we're working just as hard as you artists. Yeah. If not more, because once you get off the stage, they're still working. Yeah. They're still working to get you on the shows, to get the radio, to get the, so they feel like the only way to assure ourselves an opportunity to get paid just as an artist does is we're gonna take 50%. And at the time when I signed my deal, 
I didn't have a problem with that because the only time people are going to give you everything in terms of working for you and with you is to give them ownership of something. Yeah. And I, I mean, this may be a separate issue, but in the movie Ray, we learned that Ray Charles owned his masters, which I'm understanding now was a huge, huge deal. Yeah. And he was able to broker that because he was making music that nobody else could or had mm -hmm. or possibly even would. Mm -hmm. um, but to your point, so you mentioned, and this has been, I guess, controversial. Folks aren't coming to the Bad Boy reunion because they don't own the publishing. Well, some people come. Well, I some mean, people you come. Know, Jada Kiss and the guys came when they just did yeah. the ET Awards. Faith showed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, even and, Sean. And my thing is come. Like, why would you not come? Because you don't own something that... I know you created it. Because they but, felt bamboozled. You know, it's just like when okay. L.A. LA and Babyface, when they had LaFace Records and TLC was screaming that they didn't make any money and Tony Braxton was screaming they didn't make any money. And because the deal that they received from Clive LaFace mm -hmm. was a certain percentage. So then the percentage that they gave to the artist was even less. Yeah. And so people get upset when they learn how the business works. They feel taken advantage of. Well, I do feel like now I feel like this. If I am the new Puffy, Lynn Puffy, okay. Lynn Puffy Lynn Richardson. Puffy Girl, I'm about to start me a record company or something. I don't know. We already have one, don't we? We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> here's the deal, though. If I'm making millions and millions and millions of dollars and I signed an artist and I put together a transaction and that artist was able to make some money and I was able to make some money, but that artist is no longer making any money because artist is whatever, out of style, can't get a record deal or what have you. And if I'm still making money, I personally feel like I should do something to help that person. You really should. I, I, mean, I shouldn't. That's a, that's a Yeah, I shouldn't keep making millions of dollars and you have nothing. Yeah, it I have a problem with that. Like I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to wake up every day. I wouldn't be able to look at the person. I wouldn't be able to walk down the street or see them uh, at an event. And know that they're struggling and know that I'm still making money off you and I don't do anything mm -hmm. to help you. Even if it's even if I decide, which this is crazy, and you all always talk to me about this, but it's just how I am and who I am. Even if I decide I'm going to cut a new deal. I know that we originally agreed that I would get 50 percent. You would get 20 percent. But I, I'm still doing well mm -hmm. and I want to help you do well. So we're going to. We're going to meet, come to my office. I want to put together a strategy, mm -hmm. but I'm also going to give you the resources to make that strategy come to fruition. And I just, you know, my biggest issue with this whole wealth building thing with us as people of color, and I'm just going to say as African-American people, we are not wealthy because we don't help each other. I will say that as long as there's breath in my lungs. And I feel like if we collaborated more, if we cared more. Now, of course, there's the other side where you can't help everybody mm -hmm. because people have to help themselves. But I do believe if I'm in a position to have, have influence over someone and help them and flow some of my power, I do believe that I can put some uh, boundaries in place and some stipulations and some steps. OK, you got to do this. You got to show up. You got to, you know, what have you. So. Anyway, I've gone on off of my soapbox, but there's money to be made. Who can be a producer? Because I, I think 
This is not something that I knew growing up that you could do. Now, I can't make any music. I play the piano. That's about it. I had yeah, a stint with the clarinet. But who, who can make music? You, you, you can be a producer. Okay. Because you know rhythm. Right. So oh, yeah, because I've been in the record studio. I've been in the studio a few times. You your drummer. Yeah. Or your, you know, your uh, track person that puts your tracks together. You could hire a beat programmer. You could hire a pianist, a guitarist, a, a horn person. You can put all of those things in place. And see, that's how Puffy became a producer. Got it. And, and even um, uh, Barry Gordy. A uh, Barry Gordy, Puffy, uh, Timberland. That, no, Timberland. Oh, not Timberland. Timberland makes his music. Okay. But it's for the musician... It's for someone who isn't a musician but can still put music together. All right. So I know beats. When I hear them, I'm like, that's going to work. That's not. So That's who- an executive. Okay. Well, but I go to the studio, too, every now and then. Well, then be a producer. Anyway, the harvest is here. The time is now. There are ways to make money in the music business and entertainment in general. The harvest is here, and it's your season. Hi, I'm financial expert Lynn Richardson. You may have seen me on Good Morning America, The Steve Harvey Show, or Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell. Guess what? Did you know you can get your money back if you hire your kids? You can get your money back if you go out to eat? You can get your money back if you go on a vacation? Well, guess what? In my book, Get Your Money Back, Tax Deductions You Never Know About, I'm going to teach you how you can get your money back with your home-based business legally, ethically, and all with the permission of the IRS. Just go to askblend.org. So we're talking about passive income streams and how to make money in the entertainment industry. And I'm, I'm, I'm not just going to say entertainment. I'm just saying in the world because I almost feel like the whole world is entertainment. Mm. You know, I'm watching the, the hearings. That's entertainment. Mm. Like everything is entertainment. There, there's some entertainment value in almost everything um, that we experience when we open our eyes every single day. Um, but clearly... Uh, the music business has been a place um, in addition to publishing. And I, I guess right now publishing is really the only way to really make music money in the music business because people aren't buying records and albums anymore. Well, no, there's a combination of things that can take place as an artist to accrue money. And that is publishing performances, partnerships, sponsorships. Um, they're they're a, a merchandise there are several different ways, uh, product um, placement and things of that nature. Okay, so all the things that we do for you, the company, we every time we do something with you, when you would lay out, put out an album, we'd have this grid of all the places mm-hmm. that you could. Okay, got it. Yeah, so, so you know what? I'm not quite sure where it is right now, but there was a big uproar because there were a bunch of artists who hadn't written anything, but who sang the mess out of a song. And I remember the Recording Academy, which, by the way, you know, everyone thinks perhaps the Grammys is just about an award show. And it's not. They work all year long to bring justice in areas where artists and musicians are being taken advantage of. And so they were on a mission to have someone like Aretha Franklin paid when you heard her music on the radio. Because up until a few Years ago, everybody who sang, who did not write or produce, and there were many artists that didn't, for years and years, didn't make a dime 
when the music played on the radio. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. This is so, a problem. So the Recording Academy was going after radio so that they would play they would pay just a few more dollars a year so that artists like Aretha Franklin and you know Natalie Cole and all of these wonderful blessed talented singers would make some money including Whitney Houston and a whole lot of other folks uh, whenever the record would play but radio was fighting back and as a matter of fact Yolanda Adams was an advocate for getting these artists paid and a lot of radio turned on her wow yeah they, they turned on her Wow. So the institution. Because she had a radio show. Yeah. You remember, she, and she lost that show. Yeah. Because of the stand that she was taking. Yeah. People want to say she lost the show because of other things. But yeah, I think it is because of the stand. She was and the vocal, stand. Yeah. And she was using her platform yeah. on a radio station yeah. to talk about it. She was using she her was platform. She was calling them to the table. She was calling them to the table, and then they retaliated, and then. When someone retaliates, then there's a position that you have to take. And I think people interpreted that position as if she wasn't friendly or something. No, you fr she's friendly. She's yeah, just telling on y'all. She was standing up for all of the people whose shoulders she stood upon as a singer. And, yeah. Well, this is one. Well, you know, we um, get the opportunity to talk every day on talk radio. Because I was going to say, this is one of the ways... We can work with KBLA and WVON, but these aren't music stations. Because no. I'm sure if there was a music component, we'd figure out a way to make sure that folks are winning. If you're making money off of playing a song, mm -hmm. then let's make sure everybody gets a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? Hey, this is just what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's so there's music. Let me tell you the industry that really has just blown my mind. Mm. Television and film. Like, for every movie you see on the screen, there's probably a thousand that never made it. But people made money. Mm -hmm. For every TV show that you see that comes out in the fall or, you know, after pilot season, mm -hmm. for every one that you see, who know? are there thousands, hundreds of thousands that didn't make it and folks made money? So there is money to be made there for writers, for directors, for producers. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of working on just about every major network um, over the past couple of years as just a financial um, personality. And I've had the privilege of being able to help some, you know, when I get off the stage, you're like, Lynn, can I talk to you? You know, and these people are making money mm -hmm. like they're making money. So in the TV world, how can someone um, be able to start to monetize that? I'm talking I'm just a regular person listening to this or driving the school bus or taking care of my kids, how can I start making money in the TV and film business? Well, I would say the first thing is to have the onset of being in service because you've got to climb the ladder. No one's going in starting at the top unless you have all the money. And if you have all the money, then what are you doing here? You Correct. You do it somewhere else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So um, if you're interested in writing, I would just say, gain the skill set. There are lots of programs out there, writing boot camps, all sorts of vehicles that you can take 
to become a great writer. Yeah. Because if you can imagine, there's already great writers in Hollywood. So you, when you write something, it has to be so spectacular that it supersedes anything else that anybody else is doing. And it needs structure because I know how to write. I know how to tell a story, but I don't know how to write. Right. And I don't have the patience with myself to learn. Right. <laughs> I'm like, you all want an arc and this? Look, this is what happened. This is entertaining enough just to hear what happened. But I think that there are a lot of people out there who have great imaginations, Mm -hmm. who are creative and know how to put together something that doesn't exist and make it feel like it does exist and then give it the structure because, oh my God, I'm a systematic person, but television and film is super duper systematic. We have more. The harvest is here and the time is now. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. Welcome forward now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time and one dime at a time. And that means you. We're talking about passive streams of income, not the regular kind that you often think about from the stock market or real estate and, you know, investing and franchises, but using your mind, your creativity. MC Light um, is here with us. MC Light. So people can make money off of publishing. Yeah. Publishing is simply writing a song Mm -hmm. and and writing the music, owning the song, Uh owning the song, Mm -hmm. creating the beat. Mm -hmm. So creating the beat is a part of writing the song. Creating the beat and creating the lyrics. So creating the music that goes with the song and creating the lyrics. Those people, in fact, should own the song. Correct. But I'm going to, because this comes back to your original question. Mm -hmm. But we're going to stay on the track we were. And that is when you haven't gotten a publishing deal yet, all of your money is accruing. Yeah. People are watching. Publishing companies are watching. Yeah. And then also in Europe and in Asia and all of these other countries, all these other territories, the money is accruing. So when a publishing company in the United States comes to a young producer who has done all these tracks and says, we want to offer you a half a million dollars. It is with the intention of you paying that half a million dollars back. So now you got to go out there and hustle up. You know, you have to do a certain amount of songs. You got to own a certain amount of the songs out there to get that money back into the system. When in fact, you've already made the money because the money is overseas. Wow. So when you do the publishing deal, it gives them the right to cr- to collect monies wherever they are in your name. Wow. So they've already, so they've already they already see the money. Girl, they act like they've given you half a million out of their bank account. Right, but, but they already got the money. They already Girl, went and bye. collected the money from somewhere else, and now they're lending the money to you. So now wow. you got to go work. To go... It's something else, girl. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a mess. But, you know, it is what how the industry was built. So many people just accept it. So when I say... You as a producer, you as a writer should own the song because you did all the work. That's not always how it goes. And this goes back to your first question. When you asked me when I first came into this business, did I own my publishing? Yes, I owned a portion of my publishing, but so did somebody else. Yeah. So usually it's, you know, 50% of the publishing has been the standard for many years as to what a 
record executive would want. And this is why everybody was up in arms with Puffy. And still the same reason why some people may not even show up to the bad boy reunion or the festival is because he took 50% of everybody's publishing that was on his label. But the record label I signed to did the same thing. It is one of those, you know, dare I say mafia moves where it's like, this is what we're gonna do. We deserve, we're working just as hard as you artists. Yeah. If not more, because once you get off the stage, they're still working. Yeah. They're still working to get you on the shows, to get the radio, to get the, so they feel like the only way to assure ourselves an opportunity to get paid just as an artist does is we're going to take 50%. And at the time when I signed my deal, I didn't have a problem with that because the only time people are going to give you everything in terms of working for you and with you is to give them ownership of something. Yeah. And I, I mean, this may be a separate issue, but in the movie Ray, we learned that Ray Charles owned his masters, which I'm understanding now was a huge, huge deal. Yeah. And he was able to broker that because he was making music that nobody else could or had mm -hmm. or possibly even would. Mm -hmm. um, but to your point, so you mentioned, and this has been, I guess, controversial. Folks aren't coming to the Bad Boy reunion because they don't own the publishing. Well, some people come. Well, I some mean, people you come. Know, Jada Kiss and the guys came when they just did yeah. the ET Awards. Faith showed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, even Sean. And my thing is come. Like, why would you not come? Because you don't own something that... I know you created it. Because they but... felt bamboozled. You know, it's just like with okay. LA, LA and Babyface when they had LaFace Records and TLC was screaming that they didn't make any money and Tony Braxton was screaming they didn't make any money. And because the deal that they received from Clive LaFace mm -hmm. was a certain percentage. So then the percentage that they gave to the artist was even less. Yeah. And so people get upset when they learn how the business works. They feel taken advantage of. Well, I do feel like, now I feel like this. If I am the new Puffy, Lynn Puffy, Lynn Puffy, Lynn Richardson. Puffy Richardson. Girl, I'm about to start me a record company or something. I don't know. We already have one, don't we? We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> here's the deal, though. If I'm making millions and millions and millions of dollars and I signed an artist and I put together a transaction and that artist was able to make some money and I was able to make some money, but that artist is no longer making any money because artist is whatever, out of style, can't get a record deal or what have you. And if I'm still making money, I personally feel like I should do something to help that person. You really should. I I, mean, I, I shouldn't. That's a, that's a yeah. I shouldn't keep making millions of dollars and you have nothing. Yeah, it I have a problem with that. Like I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to wake up every day. I wouldn't be able to look at the person. I wouldn't be able to walk down the street or see them uh, at an event and know that they're struggling and know that I'm still making money off you and I don't do anything mm -hmm. to help you. Even if it's, even if I decide, which this is crazy and you all always talk to me about this, but it's just how I am and who I am. Even if I decided I'm going to cut a new deal. I know that we originally agreed that I would get 50%. You would get 20%, but I, I'm still doing well mm -hmm. and I want to help you do well. So we're going to, we're going to meet, come to my office. I want to put together a strategy, mm -hmm. but I'm also going to give you the resources 
to make that strategy come to fruition. And I just, you know, my biggest issue with this whole wealth building thing with us as people of color, and I'm just going to say as African-American people, we are not wealthy because we don't help each other. I will say that as long as there's breath in my lungs. And I feel like if we collaborated more, if we cared more, now, of course, there's the other side where you can't help everybody because people have to help themselves. But I do believe if I'm in a position to have have influence over someone and help them and flow some of my power, I do believe that I can put some uh, boundaries in place and some stipulations and some steps. Okay, you got to do this. You got to show up. You got to, you know, what have you. So anyway, I've gone on off of my soapbox, but there's money to be made. Who can be a producer? Because I, I think this is not something that I knew growing up that you could do. Now, I can't make any music. I play the piano. That's about it. I had yeah, a stick with the clarinet. But who, who can make music? You, you, you can be a producer. Okay. Because you know rhythm. Right. So oh, yeah, because I've been in the record studio. I've been in the studio a few times. You your drummer. Yeah. Or your, you know, your uh, track person that puts your tracks together. You could hire a beat programmer. You could hire a pianist, a guitarist, a, a horn person. You can put all of those things in place. And see, that's how Puffy became a producer. Got it. And, and even um, uh, Barry Gordy. A uh, Barry Gordy, Puffy, uh, Timbaland. That, no, Timbaland. Oh, not Timbaland. Timbaland makes his music. Okay. But it's for the musician... It's for someone who isn't a musician but can still put music together. All right. So I know beats. When I hear them, I'm like, that's going to work. That's not. So That's who, an executive. Okay. Well, but I go to the studio, too, every now and then. Well, then be a producer. Anyway, the harvest is here. The time is now. There are ways to make money in the music business mm -hmm. and entertainment in general. The harvest is here, and it's your season. Hi, I'm financial expert Lynn Richardson. You may have seen me on Good Morning America, The Steve Harvey Show, or Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell. Guess what? Did you know you can get your money back if you hire your kids? You can get your money back if you go out to eat? You can get your money back if you go on a vacation? Well, guess what? In my book, Get Your Money Back, Tax Deductions You Never Know About, I'm going to teach you how you can get your money back with your home-based business legally, ethically, and all with the permission of the IRS. Just go to AskLynn.org. I'm financial expert Lynn Richardson. You may have seen me on Good Morning America giving financial advice. When you get my freedom package, you get the 21 Days to Financial Freedom and How to Start a Home-Based Business. See you in class. Yep, we're talking about passive income streams. And for those, see, there are people every day, light, and I know I, I started a thought and I stopped it. I'm going to complete the thought. There are people every day who are trying to figure out how they're going to make it. They're trying to figure out how to pay for gas how to pay for their mortgage, their rent, how to take care of their children, how to feed their families. And we get so bogged down by the rigmarole. We get bogged down by the struggle. We get so bogged down that we depress ourselves. We put ourselves into a deep rest. That's what depressed is, a deep rest. And what I would say to anybody, out of that deep rest, rise and find a way to create because if you can create, then you can win. Mm. Even on your job at McDonald's, even on your job at a fast food restaurant, even on your job at a, if you're a, a plumber or a electrician or you're a janitor or whatever, there's always a way to create because there's always a way 
to do something better. There's always a way to improve what it is that you do. And what it is that you improve has to be about you and not about the other person. So, so many people go to work every day, but you don't like your boss, so you don't give as much effort. You don't like the job, so you don't give it any effort. I noticed that being in the hospital once. I'm like, these people are coming to work. I'm a patient needing care. And they're like, girl, I'm at work. So they don't like their job. As the patient, I feel that first time I really, really noticed that dynamic. But what I'm saying is, if you can improve something that you are involved in, I believe that that's a stepping stone to being creative. I believe that's a stepping stone to a new open door for you. I believe that's a stepping stone to progress. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the thing is for me in whatever it is that you do to never settle, never get complacent. And if you do, then it's time to move on because you don't want to not give your best and you don't want those. I mean, I would imagine someone with any ethics at all would want to give their absolute best. Nope, people don't. Right. They don't want to give their best. If they are unwilling to do that, they should move on. Mm -hmm. Or it's going to be taken from them anyway. Mm -hmm. I remember one time I was at a restaurant in L.A. and I was overhearing some folks talking. And uh, they actually worked for a very uh, famous female rapper. And one of them was complaining, saying that he'd rather be home working on his wig line. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have a little talk with him. So I went over to the table. I said, hello, pleasure to meet you all. Hey, we're here with so-and-so in town. We have a show. And I said, you know what? I overheard you talk about being home to do your wig line. I said, either go home and do your wig line or be okay being out on the road. Come on now. And he said, oh, okay. I said, yeah, because in either case, the decision will be made for you. So if you keep talking about being home, that's where you're going to be. Ooh, with no wigs. Years later, because you didn't do it right. Years later, he he, I saw him and he thanked me for helping him to get it all straight. Yeah, straightened out. And he was home working on his wig line. Yeah, but he got there in a way that was with was through positive wide, energy, exactly. as opposed to I'm gonna bring down where I am. Right. Trying to elevate where I want to be. Right. That doesn't work. Yeah, it really does. I tell people, listen, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it well with excellence because that's about you. You not giving your all doesn't hurt the other person. It hurts you. It hurts you. Um, There is money to be made out here in the industry. There's money to be made. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Lynn Richardson wants to help you build multiple streams of income and create more passive income for yourself. You're listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome forward now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time and one dime at a time. And that means you. So what is the action of the day. The action of the day is to go get something to write with, get something to write on and begin to just simply write anything that comes to your mind that you think you could do, that you'd be interested in doing, that maybe you once had a love for, um, because you never know where that's going to take you. Uh, we've talked about a few things in in this episode and and we're going to continue this discussion. So stay tuned for part two.
but there are choreographers. Like there are people who choreograph scenes on television, on stage plays and in film, and there's no dancing taking place. So choreography isn't just about dancing to music. It is about organizing movement. Um, I had a love, have still a love for dance. I haven't done it in a long time. So I am uh, a witness to this. If you do what you love, the money will follow. If you are truthful with yourself and you acknowledge what it is that you want and who you are, I believe that the answers will be made known to you. What is the word of the day? The word of the day is a, is a message, a prayer. We've often heard the prayer of Jabez. And First Chronicles 4 and 10 says this, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Let me tell y'all something. You need to be asking God to enlarge your territory, to bless you. What are you doing right now? Do you want to do more? Ask that your territory be enlarged. And when your territory is enlarged, understand that there are going to be some responsibilities for it with it. So be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. Because once you get it, now you got to take care of it. A lot of us want the promotion, but we don't want the process that goes along with that progress. So ask that your territory be expanded. Here's the entire scripture. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and you would keep me from harm that I might not cause pain. And that simply is saying this. You want God to walk with you. You want him to keep you from all the haters, naysayers, blockers and crab barrel leg pullers. And you don't want to become one either. Guess what? I know that you can do it. Because I've done it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And I'm still doing it. And I know it's here for you, too. There are millions to be made, not just in entertainment, but in the world. Go and grab a piece of it for you and your family. The harvest is here. The time is now.